A select few survivors are tasked with colonizing and repopulating a new Earth. Strong female characters drive the action in this dystopian post-apocalyptic thriller. Georgia, one of several beautiful genetic exotics, dares to break free from the tightly controlled social structures that forces women like her into a life of sexual slavery and forbids all women to bear and raise their own babies. Enter the Hatchery. Chapter 20 Masquerade Georgia put her arm around Phil's quaking shoulder and waited quietly while he struggled to regain his composure. She had grown very fond of Phil, but despised Arthur. It was hard to understand how they could coexist in the same body. She hated putting a sweet guy like Phil through the trauma of remembering his past, but Arthur had the information she desperately needed to keep her embryo safe and fulfill her plan to adopt her biological child. It didn't bother her in the least to put Arthur in danger, but her conscience constantly nagged at her for putting Phil's life at risk. Like most citizens of Sector B, Georgia had never met anyone from another sector and certainly would never come in direct contact with a leader. It was rumored that New Earth's leaders and those entrusted in their service lived in Sector A. Even the RTs in Sector B took their orders remotely from unseen supervisors in Sector A. She pushed her guilty feelings aside by reminding herself that self-deprecating, lovable Cousin Phil didn't really exist. He was actually a very different guy, Arthur, an arrogant bastard from Sector A who had been realigned and exiled for reasons she could only imagine. She had convinced herself that the border guards didn't kill Arthur when they caught him trying to cross the border fence due to his high rank. Additionally, Arthur displayed the self-assured demeanor and disdain for underlings that would be expected from someone who had once held a position of power. Regardless of her mixed feelings, Georgia decided to take advantage of Arthur's uncharacteristically fragile emotional state. She needed information only an insider could provide, and this was her opportunity to get it. Arthur, why were you trying to escape Sector A? That was the border fence you tried to climb over, wasn't it? She pointed to his belly alluding to the rows of diagonal puncture wounds that were hidden by his jumpsuit. Are those wounds from barbed wire? Arthur wiped his red eyes dry with the back of his hand. I never made it over the fence. The guards were shooting at us. I heard her scream, he paused, biting his lip, struggling to contain his emotions. My wife? Joyce. She was screaming. I don't remember anything else. 
Georgia tried to hold back her emotions as well, keeping a calm tone of voice. She moved in closer and carefully draped her arm around Arthur's shoulder, as she had done earlier for Phil. It wasn't hard to fake empathy for Arthur. She just had to think of Phil. Tell me about Joyce. She was wonderful, artistic, and completely independent, nothing like the other women in Sector A. She was different. She wouldn't settle. He smiled as the memories came flooding back. And <laughs> she had one hell of a temper. You loved her. He nodded. With my whole heart, I sure did. Then he smiled. Of course, I don't expect you to understand, love. Emotions have been bred out of you. Georgia hid her indignation. Stay focused, Georgia. Did the border guards... Georgia hesitated. Did Joyce... No. He shook his head. At least I don't think so. Even if she survived the gunfire, I doubt she'd be okay. We, we were very close. I'm sure when she found out I had been sent to realignment. He swallowed hard. She probably couldn't live with that. I'm so sorry, Arthur. Yes, well, it was an asinine idea from the start, trying to get over the border fence. I should have never let Joyce talk me into it. He paused and gave an embarrassed shrug. I envy you in a way. It must be nice not to have emotions that dull your judgment. Georgia bit her tongue and gave a slight nod in false sympathy. She assumed Arthur would be too emotionally spent to go on with his story, but he continued as though he needed to hear it for himself. Joyce thought she had found a trustworthy connection at the border station, but... He shook his head. They were waiting for us. We were sitting ducks. He looked cautiously around the bar. No one appeared to be paying attention to their conversation, but he stopped himself. Let's get out of here. Georgia stood up. Come with me. The two hurried down the path from the oasis until they reached the point where it branched off in several directions. Georgia stopped thinking hard, calculating their best option. I'm taking you home with me. He laughed incredulously. <laughs> to the exotics dorm? Phil, I mean, Arthur, whoever the hell you are, it's the perfect hiding place. Oh, God, this is confusing. What should I call you? He paused. I think you want to call me Phil. Arthur's history, right? I like Phil, she nodded. He's a good guy. He's worth saving. No offense, but Arthur's an arrogant prick. You're probably right. I had to be an arrogant prick to think I could make it over the border. The leaders of spies everywhere, you know. They continued walking at a hurried pace to the exotic storm as Georgia kept a close eye on their surroundings. She needed to make sure no one saw a man entering the place. Lucky for them, it was dark by then and the sulfur haze obscured everything in the shadows. She thumbed in and held the door open for Phil. He hesitated. Are you sure you want to do this, Georgia? 
It's dangerous. Come in, she smiled. I want to introduce you to the girls. He stepped in carefully, impressed by the gleaming floors and chic modern decor of the exotic storm. He followed George's example and removed his boots, placing them in the large woven palm basket by the floor-to-ceiling mirror. The mirror was Iris's idea. She liked the view. Georgia took Phil by the hand and led him down the long hallway to the double doors of the recreation center. I'm sure they're still up. He could hear high-pitched laughter and the sounds of female conversation coming through the doors. He grabbed Georgia by the elbow, stopping her as she reached for the handle. Can I trust them? Do you trust me? I think I do. He took a deep breath. (sighs) I do. Then you can trust them, too. We're a family. Dysfunctional and bizarre, but a family. She squeezed his hand. You're my family, too, cousin. Georgia pulled one of the rec doors open and stuck her head through. Hey, ladies. I brought you a surprise. Anya didn't bother to look up from the pedicure she was giving Keisha. I hope it's nail polish. We're almost out. Better than that. Much more interesting, Georgia teased. That comment got their attention. Even Sheila, who rarely bothered to acknowledge her roommates, got up from the recliner where she was napping and groggily made her way to the door with Anya. Keisha leaned forward from her chair but didn't get up. Her toenails were too wet. I want to see... Bring it here. Where is Iris? I want all of you here to see the surprise. Georgia kept Arthur hidden behind the door. Keisha tilted her head toward a far corner of the room, where Iris was occupied with a VR simulation, taking a daring tightrope walk between two skyscrapers. Sheila took off one of her slippers and threw it at Iris, causing her to wobble out of control and scream in fear as she fell hard on the floor. Catching her breath, she pulled off the VR helmet and looked around, spotting Sheila's mischievous grin. You bitch, Sheila! Why did you do that? Sheila didn't respond but pointed to Georgia, who was slowly pulling Phil through the door. His embarrassed complexion nearly matched his hair color. He grinned at the shocked expressions of the three beautiful women staring in his direction, and the other one. The housekeeper, maybe? Hi, I'm Phil. Sheila gasped at Georgia. You brought a man in the exotic storm? Well, this is a first. Iris hopped up and down excitedly. I know who you are. You're Georgia's cousin Phil, right? Georgia raised an eyebrow. Brilliant deduction, Iris. He just told us his name was Phil. Ignoring Iris's extended middle finger, Sheila continued. So, why is he here? Georgia looked pleadingly at the four inquisitive faces. We need to hide him, please. I need to keep him safe. The RTs will be looking for him soon. They're planning to terminate him. She paused at the alarmed expression on Keisha's face. Look, it's a long story, and I promise I'll fill all of you in on the details in the morning. 
but I've got to know that you're willing to do this for me. Will you help me hide him? The four exotics glanced at each other, then back at Georgia. Sure, we're in on this little masquerade, right, ladies? said Sheila. Fuck yes, shrieked Iris. She was too thrilled to stay angry at Sheila. This is exciting. Keisha and Anya nodded in agreement. Well, he's an exotic like us. Just look at that hair. <laughs> oh, yes, he's just like us, added Keisha. Except for one little thing. The women convulsed with laughter as Keisha pointed below Phil's belt. <laughs> <laughs> Phil chuckled good-naturedly. Don't judge a book by its cover, ladies. Sheila walked a slow circle around Phil, tapping her index finger on the side of her nose. I've got an idea. She walked out of the room and returned within seconds with something draped over her arm. Put this on. I think it will fit you. What is it? It's one of my dresses. Sheila eyed Iris threateningly, silently daring her to say something. Iris got the message and put her hands over her mouth to suppress her laughter. It may be a little tight, but I think it will work. Phil pulled off his jumpsuit and awkwardly fumbled with the billowy floral fabric, yanking it over his head. Georgia helped him pull it over his belly. It wasn't a pretty picture, but it fit. Iris couldn't hold back any longer and released a barrage of rapid-fire laughter. <laughs> Look, Sheila! You have a twin sister! Sheila ignored her, focusing her attention on the disguise. It's not bad. You just need some finessing. Anya, do you still have that wig? I do. Anya ran to her room and came back clutching a black hairpiece. It's from the costume party two years ago. I was Cleopatra. Anya adjusted the wig over Phil's head. Not to be left out of the fun, Keisha pulled the enormous pink hoops from her ears and clipped them onto Phil's earlobes. Then it was Iris's turn. She left momentarily and returned with her makeup caddy. Selecting her favorite liquid eyeliner, she sat Phil down and expertly outlined his eyes, then filled in his lips with a glossy cherry red color. She stepped back and the four exotics examined their work. We need to shave his legs, said Iris, while the rest nodded in agreement. And shape his eyebrows, but otherwise... Georgia led Phil out of the rec center toward the entry mirror, with her fellow exotics following close behind to witness his reaction. Phil, I'd like to introduce you to... Felicia! Phil pretended to admire himself in the mirror, grinning mischievously at the women's delight. I look hot. The exotics spent the next hour squealing with laughter as they taught Felicia how to pass as a woman with his walk and gestures. Just don't talk. Your voice sounds too masculine, advised Sheila. Ha! <laughs> retorted Iris. Felicia's voice isn't as deep as yours, Sheila. 
Once again, Sheila ignored the comment and continued with her advice. If you only go out after dark, I don't think anyone will notice you. They'll just think you're Sheila, <laughs> giggled Iris. Nobody notices her. Actually, I think Felicia has a better figure. <laughs> Shut up, Iris, growled Sheila. Turning to Phil, she smiled benevolently. You're right, Felicia. You do look hot.